the sets and reps and percentages is great, right? But in this sport, you can maximize your potential output by maximizing how well you move in a certain movement, right? Or your efficiency within that movement. Being able to see the person move and deliver correct technique feedback is paramount. Again, a lot of our athletes are competitive where how they actually attack a workout can very well be the difference in like whether they they move on to the next stage of competition or if they like place an event versus like, you know, being in the top 10. Those sorts of details matter a lot, not only in the, the lead up to competition, but then when you actually go to a competition, whether your coach is there or not in person, they still can provide support through warmups and cool downs and kind of uh, helping you to like process emotionally what was going on through the weekend and like just like help you to be a little bit more even keeled where it can be really a lot of highs and lows and a lot of competition. And that's sort of like another job as the coach is to like help the athlete be more stable throughout that process. Fitness Movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, zorfitness.com. All right, Ben, what's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, Chris. What's up, man? Not much. So for today's podcast, guys, we're kind of talking about um, you know, what type of support you should be getting from a coach outside of just what I like to call the X's and O's, uh, which is just your programming. So outside of seeing your programming, the sets and reps, the the weights you should be using, what type what type of support should you be getting from a coach inside those X's and O's or outside of them um, to help get you to your goals, no matter what they are? Yeah. And uh, I kind of had a few different things. We're going to walk through these and we'll kind of elaborate as we go through. But um the one thing that we, we kind of talked about shortly before hit and record here was like, there's the, the things that we're going to be focusing on now, as you alluded to, are like outside the X's and O's. So outside the actual program design, but the things you do outside of the program design impact what you do in the program design. Mm-hmm. So like if you're a good coach and you're, you know, dialoguing with an athlete and giving them feedback, which would be outside the X's and O's, like outside the design, then it's like, that is obviously going to impact what you actually put into their programming, the, the cues you give around that, et cetera. It should inform the design 100%. Right. That's a good way to put it. You know, m- maybe the place that it makes most sense to start with is like um, around like the planning process, which is sort of like step one for a lot of athletes if we're taking on somebody new or if uh, we're getting to the point where um, we sort of hit like a reset on their season, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their season sort of ended or they're like having a new chapter come up or a new thing on the radar, whatever, um, where you kind of start with them there. Uh, and like, to me, like this is one of the big benefits here of having coaches, like just having someone else who has experience with like, you know, hopefully a bunch of athletes who can help direct and like help you like navigate like a season because frankly, the CrossFit season, especially or tactical game season or whatever it is, is like really uh, can be really confusing at times. <laughs> yeah. And so that's something where plus as a coach, it's, it's way easier than as an athlete to zoom out and kind of look at be objective. The enti- yeah. The entirety of the thing. A lot of times as an athlete, no matter what your sport is, it's almost like hard to see six inches in front of your face sometimes, which is why you need a coach to look at how training structure fits into the, the entire thing. So, you know, before we hopped on something we talked about was 
breaking breaking down that planning section into either referring to it as a macro or micro. So like macro being like, how do we plan out the whole year? Micro being like, how do I plan out a week? Um, Or proactive versus reactive. So I'm proactively trying to section out the season versus what reactive things do I do week to week based on the feedback the athlete's giving me? Right. And I think uh, this is... uh... Yeah. Again, if you have a good coach, they're going to be doing both of these and you might not even necessarily call it this, but like, it's just like part of the process that you go through is like the coach and athlete in your relationship together, where it's like, you know, I feel like we've talked about this with Blair in particular, because she has like such demanding season structure and like she's a sponsored athlete. So it's like, she sort of has these uh, dates on her calendar where she basically has to show up and like compete uh, for tactical games. And it's like uh, that plus like wanting to be as high level CrossFit as you can, Plus like having certain weaknesses, like everybody does that you just have to like section off times a year to do that. Like obviously like for her or other people like her, because I think a lot of people are in a similar boat where they're, they're trying to figure out that this, their, their season. Um, It's just like a really challenging thing to do. And it's really hard to be like objective because you want to do it all a lot of times as an athlete. So like having a coach to kind of pull in the reins at times and like from like the, the zoomed out 30,000 foot view, um, to kind of help you plan. Yeah. Um, is there other stuff there? Again, if we sort of use Blair's the, the, maybe the, the prime example, because I think a lot of, again, a lot of people are in that similar boat. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, most of the people we coach are athletes, right? And so looking at it from that perspective, if you're an athlete, you have certain, you either have a date or certain dates on your calendar that are like, these are important to me. And so structuring the calendar out that way. Now, Blair is a unique situation being that she's uh, a high level on the tactical game side. She finished fifth at nationals this year and a pretty high level crossfitter. She's been to quarterfinals a couple of times, competed at a couple of different high level in-person competitions, but still has weaknesses to work on, right? Outside of just getting better at globally the sport is we, we had to, and it took time to develop. We were like, all right, listen, these six months, your focus is tactical games and you're going to be shooting a lot. You're going to be doing these things. And we're going to touch on your overall CrossFit weaknesses to make sure that when we get back to CrossFit style training, you know, it's not like we're starting from scratch. And then these six months are going to be CrossFit focused and we're going to flip flop that. So it's like, you're still going to shoot occasionally. Um, You're still going to do running occasionally, even though, you know, we're not going to, most likely see running during you know the open quarterfinal season unless you were unless she was to get all the way to the semifinals right but we have to kind of stick to those principles there because of the fact of how tight time is and for other folks maybe you're not being pulled in the direction of multiple sports but we have lives right and so you have a full-time job or you have a family and so you have to be pretty cognizant of that if you're going to maximize your results um and then as we tiered it down into a micro level you know Ben and I off the podcast, we're talking about this, like conversations I have with people all the time who are competing as athletes is I didn't sleep well the night before, or I worked a night shift the two other nights, or I've been sick, or I tweaked this, I tweaked my hip, my shoulder, my, my knee or whatever. And you have to adjust the week, right? Like those are not things you can just ignore, right? You know, maybe there's little things depending on the severity that you might say, Hey, you're kind of supposed to feel like crap right now. And Again, that's again having the coach and looking at the planning from a micro, uh, I'm sorry, a macro view. But a lot of times, week to week, you might have something that's like, I caught a snatch wrong and now my wrist is hurting, right? That can happen. And so 
you have to respect your, that body feedback and be like, okay, cool. We still need to work on these things, but let's tweak them and adjust them in these ways to give your wrist a break type deal. Yeah. I think one more thing that would be important for people to recognize is like, we say, we're saying like, this is the benefits of coaching, but oftentimes like we'll have athletes and they don't necessarily take advantage of all of the, the ways mm-hmm. they could have a coach. Right. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> I could, I think you'd have like, you know, my grandma using an iPhone and there's like <laughs> so many features that she didn't even know existed. And it's like, same kind of idea, right? Like you could you can use a coach and you can like, you know, punch in the number and like call your buddy and like that's all you do with it. Like, hey, coach, write me the program design and that's it. Um, yeah. but then it like my point is like if you're one of our athletes, like it's it's your job to like leverage your coach the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Involve them in your planning, right? Like we've both have have when we talked about this, we've both had athletes who just like Hey, I'm doing a, a comp next weekend. And it's like, oh, thanks for letting <laughs> me know. Great conversation. All right. I, I, what are the workouts? Like, uh, what comp is it? Like, got a lot of questions right now. So, like, the point being, like, it's if it comes back onto the athlete, a lot of this stuff where it's like, yes, we have these systems in place and like these these ways that we think about how we can benefit you the, the best we can and like provide the best service to the, the athletes. But if you're not doing your due diligence as the athlete, it can uh, damper the the coach's ability. So, yeah, that's that's just two cents on that. I'll say like I've had athletes come to me from like other coaching companies, and like that's one of the first things I try to tease out with them is like, is this going to be the same issue that we're going to have again? Right. Because it's a you problem and not the coach's problem, or was it actually like faulty coaching or like just a neglectful relationship? Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but it's it's just like I, I like to put a lot of this stuff back on the athlete because, yeah, um, hopefully well, you, we're we're acting you, as professionals. Well, yeah, but you have to because at the end of the day, it's their journey, right? Like, yeah, like we say it all. We've said it before. It's like, okay, you're gonna come to me with, with whatever your goals are, whatever they are. I'm gonna help you try to achieve them, right? It almost doesn't matter to me what your goals are necessarily. Like, we might have a conversation on whether they're realistic or not. Like. If I get a kid who's, you know, a, a 5'2", 140, and he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna play lineman in the NFL, it's like, well, maybe we have a conversation about that. But, um, but at the end of the day, they're your goals. And so if you're not going to take ownership of that, but expect us to take ownership over it for you, it, yeah. it's never going to get to its, true, its truest potential. Because I'm going to take ownership of my part, and I want to see you succeed. But if you're not going to, I tell people all the time, you're the one doing the squats and you're the one doing the cleans. So if you're not going to do those things, you're not going to hit your goals no matter what I write on a paper. Um, But to hop off that soapbox, one of the other (laughs) things we mentioned was, and this is pseudo inside the Exodus and O's a little bit, not necessarily inside the program necessarily, but should be something that that happens all the time uh, is technique. And so you know, Ben kind of mentioned off air, you know, that's something that's super important, whether it's video analysis or, or coaching and queuing. So why don't you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the tough thing about this is too, is that like, I, I think different athletes like getting feedback in different ways, different athletes respond to different cues and um, yeah, just like explanations of how to do movements correctly. And like, the process of going through and teaching that, but that's sort of like the art of coaching is like trying to figure out like what kind of athlete do I have? Are they visual? Do they need more tactical cues? And like, how can I give that to them? Even though I'm not there 
like with them because I'm a remote coach. There's a lot of that sort of stuff, which is like, frankly, like why we've built out so many resources for our athletes through YouTube and the website and those sorts of things and putting out these sort of podcasts is because then we can relay that information to our athletes as part of their feedback. So it's, it's really nice to be like, okay, you don't have a muscle up yet. And it's really hard to maybe teach you how to do that remotely, but here's all these resources that we have blown out that like, we can start to go through this process together. And like, here's a bunch of videos that you can think about. And that's just like part of that technique refinement process. So that's part of it. And then like, I've seen your feedback with people in, in true coach. And like, for me, like Google sheets and just like really trying to give as much detail, like dialogue on whatever it is, as is sort of like relevant and helpful to that athlete. And again, that's going to be a little bit different based on who it is, but basically like realize that like i don't know like there's there's definitely coaches out there who like the, the athlete sends them like their videos and it's like they just sits on unread forever basically mm-hmm. and it's like i think both both of us and day like we all are really diligent and take pride in the fact that we like do give good athlete feedback and like that's part of the coaching process for us yeah for sure because you know it's something we've talked about on probably a previous podcast is like the the sets and reps and percentages is great, right? But in this sport, you can maximize your potential output by maximizing how well you move in a certain movement, right? Or your efficiency with, I think we did a whole podcast basically on movement efficiency, right? Your efficiency within that movement, right? A great example is, it's stupid, but I'm putting another athlete through my burpee progression, right? <laughs> and like, Another one because I just see someone Patent do pending. Burpees. Yeah, seriously. Because I see someone do burpees and I'm like, ugh, again. Like there that that movement is so simple. And it's one that is a guarantee you will see in some capacity in some semblance of CrossFit competition. And you could just bleed out energy every which way, right? And so we, we do progressions. And so look, seeing how someone moves is super important to then build progressions off of it. Yep. Same thing, same thing with Olympic lifting, right? Like the end of the lift should be the same for everyone, everyone, right? In a snatch, it's over your head and you're standing clean and jerk. It's, you know, same thing. It's over your head with a tighter grip and you're standing. How you get there can look different <laughs> for different people. And so the, the, the movements you select, the, skill drills you select the complexes you select even the loads you select uh and then the cues you deliver is all based off of how they move right like i'm not going to cue someone i'm not going to cue someone to lead the pull with their chest right who who already starts with their shoulders behind the bar yeah there's there's cues that would be like if you give it to the wrong person it would make them look completely ridiculous <laughs> yes or like someone who or someone who uh you know Someone who is behind the bar, it's like, okay, sh- you want to start with your shoulders over the bar. I'm not going to give that cue to someone who shoots their hips up first, right? Because their shoulders are indeed over the bar. They are just not pulling with their torso at the same time they're pulling with their hips. So being able to see the person move and deliver correct technique feedback is paramount. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And I think this kind of dovetails into our next part, which is like, I think it kind of combines with video review is like, competition support. So again, a lot of our athletes are competitive, uh, where, you know, what they, how they actually attack a workout is 
can very well be the difference in like whether they they move on to the next stage of competition or if they like place an event versus like you know being in the top 10 mm-hmm. um so like those sorts of details matter a lot and for example i'm thinking of athletes that have sent me in the last 48 hours videos of them doing like um basically like, like dry run throughs of like workouts that they have in competitions coming up and me giving them feedback of like little things of like okay let's take you know this break strategy instead of this break strategy like you were really aggressive in the first part and then the sets got really small so let's let's take a little bit of a, a less aggressive set and then like be more diligent about rest in between those so that we make up some time in in the aggregate mm-hmm. little things like that where it's like not only in the the lead up to competition but then when you actually go to a competition whether your coach is there or not in person, they still can provide support through warmups and cool downs and kind of uh, helping you to like process emotionally what was going on through the weekend and like, just like help you to be a little bit more even keeled where it can be really a lot of highs and lows and a lot of competition. And that's sort of like another job as the coach is to like help the athlete be more stable throughout that, that process. Yeah. You know, when you're an athlete at competition, no matter what the sport is, you want to eliminate as many variables as possible. Like the 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 more crazy crap that can happen, the harder it is to get your mind to focus on the task at hand. And I feel like the coach's job is to take a lot of those variables. How am I going to warm up? How am I going to break this down? How am I going to attack this workout? And obviously it's a conversation with the athlete, right? We're not taking those over necessarily, but like you said, you know, we're going to do dry runs on workouts when they're released ahead of time. So we have a conversation about how we're going to approach the workout. And then maybe on game day, we remind the athlete, remember, you're going to do X, Y, and Z on this workout. So we've removed a good amount of the thought on game day for the athlete. Um, That's super important. And it's another reason why I'll speak for myself. Things get wild around (laughs) open and quarterfinals time, just wild. It's like, it's an avalanche because it's like, it's like the most stressed time of my year. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, because everyone's in a heightened state of stress. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh my gosh, the workout, the release, the this, the that. And then you have to kind of absorb all that and just be like, all right, toss it all on me. Cool. And by the way, thanks CrossFit for making age group and individuals the same weekend. Well, the same week. It's like extended too. It's like, oh great. I can't have to shut my gym down even longer. Great. (laughs) So so now (laughs) it's not why we're here. No, that's another (laughs) podcast. So, but now it's like, okay, I have to absorb all that and spit out strategy on a workout you can't dry run for so yeah having that support even as simple as like you'll have some mature athletes who maybe are really good at doing a lot of that themselves but they they're still having a conversation with you where it's like hey i think i'm going to break it down this way i'm going to do x y or z and your job is to just reaffirm that that like yep that makes sense or to let them do almost all of it and then be like you know plug the holes that's it yeah that's it. And then, um, and again, we kind of touched on it a little bit there, but we're like segue machines at this point. So we're just segueing from one thing <laughs> to the next because we're so good at this is uh, the mindset thing. So, you know, obviously for me, that's like, it, it feels like as far beyond the X's and O's as you can get, right? Like there's, this is not the physicality. This is like what's going on between your ears to maximize the physicality. And having a coach that's able to speak into that and help sift through what's going on inside someone's head mindset wise is huge. I, the best coaches, regardless of sport, are able to do that. 
Yeah. And I think uh, as the the higher lev- level performers that you work with, this becomes increasingly important as also like their, their prioritization of like their fitness career also like heightens. Um, whereas like if you're, if you're working with somebody who's a professional athlete, like that's their career, it's their livelihood. And then also they're probably super passionate about it and have invested years and years into that process. And it's, there's a lot of emotion and energy and everything that just goes into that. So, um, and then also like you're already in the top 1% of everybody who does the thing. So it's like at that point, the physicality becomes more evenly matched in at least some aspects. And then it's becomes more about like, you know, doing like dyno testing, right? Like you already have the machine, the motor, all the stuff. It's about like, how can we optimize this now to get the most out of it? Um, and that's like sort of like what the, the mental, uh, mindset coaching, I don't want to use that term, but like, that's essentially what it is. Right. It's like, how can we reflect on our past season? How can we do some like introspection around that? Um, and then like, okay, looking back to look forward, like goal setting, what, what are our, what's our like, you know, main objectives moving forward, both in the uh, interim. So like, okay, in the next few months, what are some things that we could objectively try to move the needle on? And then like big picture, like what are your goals broadly in the sport? How can we help you get there? What steps do we need to take from like lifestyle shifts and like changes that will help you to get there? Um, again, like you said, a lot more zoomed out, but like arguably more important than a lot of the other things. For sure. And I mean, you could even zoom it in and I've had conversations that I don't, I'm sure you've seen athletes like this too, where it's like they step to the barbell and you're looking at their, their demeanor and it's like, you're not going to, what is going on? You're not going to hit this lift. Like th- where it's just like trepidation in their face or like I've had conversations with athletes where they're just like, yeah, I'm just not good at gymnastics. I'm like, mm. well, that's a, that's a really big blanket to cast there that, because when you say like, I'm just not good at this, it, it's like, okay, well, what about it? What about it is hard. And then you can see people who I'm sure I, I use gymnastics because for me, it's way harder to see progress throughout the progression for gymnastics than it is yeah. in lifting. It's less incremental. Correct. So it's like you see the people who do the same drills over and over again and get frustrated because they still can't do the skill. And it's like your job is to then calm down the noise a little bit and to help them walk through the facts of the situation and take the emotions out of it. Because a lot of times the emotions can get involved. They've been doing the same drills and it's like, I freaking suck at chest of bars. It's yeah. like, okay, do you suck at chest of bars or do you, do you suck at them right now? And is it mm-hmm. like, did you, do you, do you suck at chest of bars or did you just have a bad day with your chest of bars? Okay. Right. You just had a bad day, right? So let's look at why you had the bad day so that we could then learn from it instead of just saying, I suck at chest of bars now because I had a bad day. And I've had so many of those conversations over the years. Yeah. And I, I also think for, I think this goes for everybody, but again, especially like higher level athletes, it's like, it's really easy to be a self-fulfilling prophecy in ways where it's like, like you said, I suck at gymnastics and it's like they, every time a gymnastics workout comes out, they expect to do poorly and they do poorly. Yeah. Shocker. So it's like, 
like you were saying, like it, it's a matter of like slowly starting to alter someone's like mental framing of their weaknesses. There's an important reality of like still accepting the truth about the situation, mm-hmm. but yet ensuring that you're eliciting your best performance every single day when you go into it. And then also like over time, improving your confidence in like whatever the aspect of that, that particular, the area or the thing that is like, you know, historically a weak point for you is. Um, So I think like just being really careful about your language and like the way that you are. Yeah. Like you, you still want to accept reality, but doing that in a way that encourages you to your best performance still. Exactly. Yep. Sweet. So um, I, I think we'll, we'll kind of call it there. I mean, that was a pretty good overview again. I, and the main things for me were like, okay, going through the planning process, um, helping you to like basically navigate a season going through technique through, you know, feedback, um, thinking about how to cue and coach a movement, you know, competition support, like testing workouts, building strategies, one of a cool down plans, you know, and then like big picture, more like goal setting mindsets. Yeah. Basically, uh, you know, more so micro and macro planning of, of someone's year. So yeah, if you guys got questions about it, let us know until next time. See you, dude. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just started listening to the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while, I would encourage you to rate and review the show. And lastly, the best thing that you can do to support our work is also the best thing that you can do for your performance. And that is by hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.